You are listening to the fastest growing sports investing podcast in the world. If you're looking for no-nonsense, actionable sports investing information and insight, all geared to increase your bankroll, you've come to the right place. And now, the wait is over. Direct from the real MrACL.com, this is the ACL Pod featuring Cap'n Wags. I give you a C. And with that, welcome back into the ACL pod featuring the one and only Cap'n Wags. I'm ACL. He is Wags. Guys, we are making our way through the College Football Power 5 conference previews. We've done four. Today's the fifth, the Pac-12 conference. The website, the real MrACL.com, ACL-sports.com. Follow us on all social media, of course, Twitter and Instagram, at the real MrACL, at Cap'n Wags. And we certainly do appreciate those five-star reviews for the pod they definitely help us continue to grow and allow us to do the pod. So thank you, thank you, thank you for those. Wags, as I mentioned, we are on to the Pac-12 today. We are going to be highlighting some of the top teams and just sort of that overall view of the conference. Before we jump in to the favorite, the betting favorite, I shall say, uh, to win the conference, the Oregon Ducks, do we feel like the Pac-12 this year has a team good enough to finally get into the play, the college football playoff, be one of those top four teams. I'll say off the top, in my view, there's four teams that have a, quote, chance to, to make it. And by chance, I mean they have to go, in my opinion, 12-0. If they go 11-1, probably not. That being Washington, Oregon, USC, and Utah. But if any of those teams slip up, 11-1 and one with some of the top teams that we're seeing in the, other, in the other conferences might not be good enough this year to make it into the playoff there. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, those are definitely the, the clear-cut top four teams. you got Washington and Oregon in the north, uh, USC and Utah in the south. Now, um, do they have to go undefeated? Probably. Uh, now, you know, we'll, we'll talk, and like you mentioned, we'll, we'll get into the betting favorite, Oregon, uh, shortly and get into their schedule. But someone like them plays Ohio State early on the road. If they come out of there with a loss, but it's close, is it early enough? Uh, and then they roll, run the table. It's possible like that someone like Oregon could squeeze in with a one loss, again, to an Ohio State team. Um, but, you know, I, I do like the Pac-12 this year. They don't get a lot of love, um, an, or at least enough love, in my opinion, um, because, you know, a lot of the college football, um, you know, media and things are all on the East Coast, right? So True. you have all these late games, um, you know, whether or not you get the, you know, I, I would say most of the media – uh, probably watches them or watches them, you know, the next day. Um, but, you know, watching it live is completely different. So um, I, I don't think they get enough love. But, you know, again, I, I think it's going to be difficult for one of these teams to run the table or uh, just because I think, you know, they, they all play each other. And, and that's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting how the Pac-12 kind of works its way out this year. You know, they do have. Um, a couple of really good quarterbacks out there. Keaton Slovis from USC, Dorian Thompson Robinson from UCLA, who we'll talk a little bit about UCLA, and can Anthony Brown at Oregon, um, you know, have a year. Obviously, he uses his legs a little bit more. So um, it's going to be interesting. And, and I really like their the defenses out in the, in the Pac-12, um, at least some of these top teams. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well. 
We will start with the Oregon Ducks. You mentioned them. They are the favorites. They are the favorites to win the conference. They, of course, are in the Pac-12 North. Here are their numbers. Season win total, 9, minus 110 both sides. I am starting to see some over money, so there are some minus 120s out there on the over. Conference odds, plus 260 to win the conference. The North Division odds, they are the minus 105 slight favorites. Minus 105 favorites to win the Pac-12 North National Championship. I am seeing some people taking shots on them at 40-1. to Uh, I'm not one of those folks, but, you know, hey, if you think they can win the Pac-12, if you think maybe they go out to Ohio State, upset them week two, right now they're around plus 10 for that September September 11th game, hey, maybe they can do it. Um, Look, this was a team last year, Wags, and and before I just sort of jump into the numbers, Mario Cristobal, I was amazed that it's already his fourth year. It's um, When they made the hire, it was certainly some – there, there were some, definitely some question marks raised when they made the hire, but I mean, since then, this is a guy twenty-five and ten straight up overall in his three years there. He is sixteen and nineteen ATS. Um, last year, this team, quote unquote, won the Pac-12 title. It was pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, they they got in because of some COVID situations going on with Washington, but they are the defending champions there. They do return sixteen starters, and they were minus fourteen in turnovers last year. I talk about it on the NFL pods all the time that. That number generally comes back to the pack as far as coming back closer to zero. And with a a very solid offense and defense coming back, especially on the offensive side, we'll talk more about Anthony Brown and potential Heisman numbers there as well. But that number should improve. Uh, Your sort of general thoughts here on on this Oregon Ducks team headed into the year here. Yeah, you know, you talk about Oregon, you know, I think – before Cristobal came in, they were four and eight the year in 2016. But before that, they had built so much momentum. They were a top uh, 10 team year after year, at, you know, after building up their program. And, you know, each year it seemed they climbed to the top. But lately, the, these last five years, even, you know, I guess, you know, you take off the four and eight, but they were 36 and 23. Um, they lose Tyler Show at quarterback. But again, they have Anthony Brown, who's very solid. He's going to have to step up this year. Um, you know, and he's got talent behind him who, who can really ball out. Um, he'll have an experienced offense. And as you mentioned, the nine guys are coming back this year. His skill position uh, players can really challenge any team in the country. So I don't think that's going to be their issue. They should definitely put up some numbers. But on defense, they only bring back seven. Um, the or, or, but, you know, even though they, they're bringing back – last year they only gave up 24 points a game. I mean, right. I know it was a limited uh, slate. They only played seven games. Um, you, you know, you mentioned that they won the Pac-12. I mean, they won the Pac-12. They came in second in their, in their division. They didn't even um, win their own division, yeah, but they, they, didn't won, win the they won North, the conference right. because so, Washington exa- couldn't exactly. play in the title game because of COVID. Yep. Exactly. Um, but someone on defense I'm really looking forward to see again. I mean, he played last year. He had 45 tackles. Is Peni Swool's little brother. And I say yeah. little, very, uh, <laughs> you know, and loose. He plays middle linebacker. He's 6'3", 250. He's a top 10 recruit in the nation coming into Oregon last year. Again, he had 45 tackles last year. Looking forward to watching him play. He's going to be all over the field. Um, but at a conference, you mentioned they play at Ohio State. Certainly going to be um, – you know, a very difficult game, but winnable, I will say, because Ohio State um, does have some inexperience there, especially a quarterback. So really looking forward to seeing how that game's going to go. Uh, but after that, you know, they should, I, you know, they do have, they have a right in the middle of the pack schedule. They, I mean, after Ohio State, they play Stony Brook in Arizona. Um, should, 
you know, B2 wins back to back at home. Uh, but they got to go to Stanford. They got to go to UCLA. They got to go to Washington and they got to go to Utah. Exactly. So, the road games for me is where it gets tricky for them. They, their easiest road game is at Stanford. Now, Stanford's down this year, but that's certainly not a, a, a slam dunk win there. I mean, those road games are all very, very difficult. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, I mean, you got to you look at Stanford, you look at UCLA. Those those are two, you know, teams, be scrappy we'll teams. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the Oregon yeah. will be favored. But, um, you know, those are two scrappy teams that can certainly pull off a win against Oregon, uh, especially when they're playing at home. Now, yep. the other three games on the road at Ohio State, obviously, we just talked about that. November 6th at Washington, likely for uh, the Pac-12 North title. Mm-hmm. And then November 20th at Utah. Um very difficult schedule, and that is why, you know, the, because the Pac-12 is so uh, competitive up top, you're you're seeing win totals for the favorite of Oregon only at nine. You look right. at some of the other conferences, the favorites, I mean, you might say, oh, yeah, but they're much better teams at 10.5, 11, 11.5 for Alabama. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be a really, really wide open um, conference here in the Pac-12, and I think, again, You'll see Oregon up there with Washington. That's going to be a big game. They do play in uh, Seattle, uh, but Oregon has owned that um, rivalry of late. And then, again, on, on, in the south, you'll see USC and Utah uh, really banging it. What, what's ACL, what are you feeling on Oregon this year? I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. That, that Washington game at Washington November 6th is likely going to decide it because the other four teams in the division, Stanford, Washington State, Cal, Oregon State, I don't see competing, right? Yeah. for the division so current number Oregon minus one and a half at Washington you mentioned they've owned the uh, series as of late and that is correct Oregon's won 14 of the last 16 versus Washington including six of the last seven versus Washington and Seattle so wow factor that in as well but those other road games man I mean look they say that they're four and one they have the buy. Their, their first five games, Fresno, Ohio State, Stony Brook, Arizona, Stanford, they're plus 10 at Ohio State. Give them a, a, a loss there. They're 4-1. They, then they have their buy, And then they get into meet the meat of their Pac-12 schedule. I mean, if you're going over this number, over nine, they can only afford to lose two more games. And Washington is basically a pick em. Utah could be very close to a pick em as well. Um, yeah, that's why you're seeing a lot of love, frankly, for Washington to not only win the division but come out of this conference as well because of that strength of schedule. I mean, Oregon's strength of schedule nationally is number 49. Um, and, of course, we'll touch on Washington in a little bit, but their strength of schedule is number 58, and they get Oregon at home. Yep. So, you know, that's kind of where I'm at with them. Anthony Brown, I, I mentioned he had – just because it's Oregon, just because they're pretty much loaded on the O-line – on the skill set positions on offense, he has been getting some Heisman love, fifty to one. Uh, currently, that number has come down a little bit. I mean, for me to to for him to win the Heisman, they basically would have to beat Ohio State week two. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, not only that, and then they'd probably have to beat Washington. I mean, yeah. he's somebody who can definitely you know throw the ball, but he also has legs. I mean, um, last year he threw not not too many. He only threw about twenty five passes last year. Completed sixty six percent, so that's solid right there. Um, but again, he, he averaged about six yards on the ground as well. So he's someone who can get out of the pocket, make some plays with his legs. And, um, that's probably why, you know, because he's a playmaker, um, you'll, you see him, you know, at least in those conversations, you write pac 12 favorite, the quarterback can make plays, you know, that that's a, that's an equation right there for a potential Heisman. 
Yep, they are minus 26 week one against Fresno. Then I mentioned Ohio State. Then they get at home Stony Brook in Arizona. So they're certainly going to be 3-1, and one, you would think. And then the at-Stanford game. So they're, they're probably going to start off hot, and then they get into the meat of it. I will mention one last thing. They do bring in um, a new defensive coordinator, Tim DeRuiter. He was a former D.C. at Cal, a former head coach at Fresno. I love the hire there. He's basically the reason Cal's defense was so darn good last season. The, the defensive numbers improved year after year over him. So you would think Oregon should improve a little bit. They gave up 28 points per game last year defensively. So... I get why there's hype on this team. Um, I just don't love their their schedule. I don't love those road games that they have to have. I mean, if, if they go, I'll say three and two in those five road games that I mentioned, I think that would be that would be good. And and frankly, that would not probably not be good enough to win the division or the conference. So right. But if they do somehow go four and one, mm-hmm. they could be they could be in that. Uh, BCS, you know, the the playoff conversation yeah. for sure. No. Totally agree with that. All right, the next team on the slate wags, the USC Trojans. Season win total, 8.5, minus 120 if you want to go over, plus 100 if you want to go under. Conference odds, 4-1. to one. They are the favorite currently in the Pac-12 South, right up there with Utah. Their odds to win the division, plus 180, national championship. They have the same odds as Oregon. They're 40-1 to one to win the national championship. Oregon versus USC on a neutral, I would have Oregon favored, so... Uh, quite a bit of that is just, you know, if a team gets hot out of the Pac-12, they make the conference, the college football playoff, they're going to be 40-1. to one. Um, Look, this is a team last year that lost the Pac-12 title game to Oregon, a team that, that did not even win their own division. Uh, I would argue, after kind of looking back on it and remembering some of the games, they really got lucky. They had three kind of crazy comeback wins in their first five games last year. Is there a coach? After looking over Clay Hilton's numbers again, I was shocked it's his seventh year because it seems like every single year, this is the year that he's on the hot seat. This is the year he's going to get fired, and then he does just enough to get the team there. That said, in his six years so far, 45 and 23 overall, but just 30 and 38 ATS. So certainly underperforming the market. He's, quote, on the hot seat again this year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, if you just look at their numbers – for a program like this, you know, last year five and one, whatever, very strange season. The year before eight and five, five and seven, eleven and three, ten and three. He probably should have been canned after that five and seven year. And it's not just about the wins. The recruiting has certainly been down with Clay Helton as the head coach year after year for a team who has this much kind of national gravitas. Not a ton of other teams competing against them on the West Coast there. So, look, can. Slovis do what he did. He's my top-rated quarterback in the Pac-12 coming into the year, but he just makes that one or two really dumb play throughout the course of a game to cost him games. And I don't know if they can re- replicate what they did last year as far as winning all those close games. Your thought on USC, Wex? Yeah. Um, I mean, what you mentioned about you know USC kind of not been the same team. You know, They have a national kind of power and aura about USC in this program you know, similar to Miami, similar to Texas, similar to Michigan, right? This is one of those teams that has been kind of this historic power power, and then, you know, took a dip and a major dip. Now, Clay Helton, I I think he's an okay coach. He definitely had that one bad season where he went five and seven. Um, The next year they picked it up. The thing is they're losing a lot of recruits on the West Coast to Oregon, to To Washington, right, even to Utah. Um, you know, so they're, you know, they're losing some recruits. They got to really, um, kind of put up that wall 
and, and try to keep these kids in California um, who end up leaving to go out of state and play at some of these other Pac-12 schools or even, you know, go to the East Coast and the SEC. So they need to do a better job there. They return eight on offense. They return eight on defense. Keaton Slovis, you know, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country, and he's going to have a very talented wide receiver core, like top ten in the nation. So mm -hmm. he should, um, you know, these these receivers should make him even better um, just because they're so skillful. His great skill set. Um, you know, they're going to be a pass-heavy offense. I think their offensive line mediocre that's where they're going to struggle especially in this um you know division that has some really really good defensive lines so that's going to be something to keep an eye on their running game uh, will be better than last year but that's not really saying much they only averaged about three yards to carry last year so um you know that i don't know if that's going to be a focus or if they're just going to completely abandon the run game because they have slovis and all of these receivers on defense uh, they have two new defensive linemen, one uh, freshman, uh, you know, that's number one at his position, Corey Foreman. Um, and they also get a transfer from Alabama, Ishmael Sofer. So um, they should really uh, kind of stuff up the run. They should be solid on the defensive line there. Um, and they also get a boatload of transfers in the defensive backfield. They get a guy, Alfred from Texas, Thompson from Auburn, um, and re they return their top two tackler three and number five on the team at safety and corner so um, that's obviously good you never really want your free safety to be the third best tackler on the team or your cornerback to be the fifth best tackler on your team last year so um, they need to improve a little bit on defense and I think they will um, look USC they're predicted right to to be the top the top team out of the south so yeah. Yeah. Um, them in Utah I think they can do it um, they really need to see, you know, those question marks are going to be on the offensive line, and, and um, that, that's pretty much it. Uh, two big games, right? We October 9th, they get home. Uh, they're home against Utah. The game. That's going to yes. be the biggest game. Um, Utah's coming off a bye. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually looking at the game before USC at Colorado for um, possibly taking a Colorado plus the points there uh, because USC is going to be so focused on that game the week after, uh, possibly coming out flat at Colorado um, and, and um, in Boulder. Uh, then two weeks later, they get a buy-in between Utah, and then they got to go to Notre Dame. So obviously a, a big game. They play them every year. Um, but, you know, Utah really being the big key game because that is for the division and, um, yeah, it's going to be a really, really uh, tight race between USC and Utah this year. Um, you know, they, they definitely have a potential to, to get double-digit wins. Will they run the table? That's the question mark. Can they beat Utah at home? Can they go to Notre Dame and win at home uh, on the road? If they can do that, um, you know, I, I really think that they could prob probably run the table without any uh, major hiccups. I mean, they have to go to Arizona State, who, you know, we know possible sanctions against them at California, at Colorado, that game before the Utah game at Washington State. So the, the road games aren't that difficult, but they do have to play Stanford. Going to be tough. They got to play Utah. Tough. At Notre Dame. Tough. Um, UCLA and BYU to end the year. If they can look, I mean, if they can run the table, they'll definitely be um, in the in that national title uh, conversation, um, even maybe with a close loss to Utah or Notre Dame. Yeah, you mentioned they, they start off San Jose State and Stanford. Minus 16 versus San Jose State. Minus 14 versus Stanford. I think they probably go 2-0. Then they go at Washington State, Oregon State. So so they're, they're 
almost certainly going to be 4-0 there. Uh, if you are taking an under ticket on them, just kind of factor that in as well for your mental sanity. If, if you're if you're expecting, you know, losses there, they're probably going to come more toward the end of the year. They do have the number 24 most difficult strength of schedule there. Um, I will say they the you mentioned the O-line. I mean, it they do lose Vera Tucker to the NFL, which is certainly going to hurt. They have the lowest rush per game in, in uh, the last 19 years last season. They just averages 88 yards per game on the ground. Again, lowest in 19 years. So uh, that has to improve. The, it really comes down to that one game, October 9th. They get Utah at home. Uh, you mentioned Arizona State. They have these potential sanctions. Antonio Pierce basically did some recruiting violations, and the NCAA AA still hasn't come down on what's going to happen there. But they're apparently pretty serious. The other teams in, in the division, Arizona, Colorado, UCLA is probably still a year away from competing against these two, so I don't see that happening. Um, so, look, if, if USC can handle – Basically two games, right? Utah and then at Notre Dame, they're plus three, and they have a bye before that game. Can they run the table? Yes, absolutely. Obviously, a lot of it's going to come down to Slovis. He is, again, my number one rated quarterback in the entire conference, and he just has to stop making those one or two mistakes that get him into trouble, especially in the beginning of games. They had to have all these crazy comebacks last year that that did happen, but that's generally not sustainable. So we'll see. Um, Clay Helton. The guy just keeps on getting contract extensions and not getting fired. So <laughs> 30 and 38 ATS, though, certainly not outperforming the market. But, yeah, USC is the favorite. I think they are the rightful favorite because of the quarterback situation and simply because they get Utah at home. Mics. If that game was at Utah, I think you might see Utah as the favorite to win the division. But the game yeah. in USC. No, absolutely. I mean, and USC did go to Utah mm-hmm. last year, pulled a, off an upset caused five turnovers in that game not sure if you remember that one mm-hmm. um, and won ended by up winning yeah they exactly so um I, you know it's going to be interesting because utah's going to be up they're going to want to take you know steal this game um and steal the division so the, it'll be a very very good game uh in la speaking of utah next team in the pac-12 south season win total eight and a half minus 130 over plus 110 under conference odds five to one <laughs> South division odds, plus 230, right behind USC there. So very, very neck and neck as far as USC and Utah. Utah, again, plus 230. National championship, 100 to 1. Most spots, I've seen the 300 to 1. I've seen 300 to 1 on Utah. There are some 300 to 1 still available, but that's certainly the prevailing number that most people will have access to is 100 to 1. But look, if you think Utah can win that game against USC, um, Strength of schedule-wise, they're at 37. It's certainly a, a manageable schedule, which we'll get into. Uh, there's probably worse numbers out there than shopping around and trying to get a 300-to-1 on Utah. They do have 19 returning starters. It looks like, from a look-ahead perspective, Wags, they'll be favored in 11 games, maybe 10 this year. Kyle Whittingham, I mean, this guy continues to get it done year after year. 134-66 and 66 overall straight up. That's not at Alabama. That's not at Clemson. That's at Utah. So he's coming into his 17th year here. He outperforms the market every year. 108 and 87 ATS for Kyle Whittingham. They start off, they get Weber State at BYU where they're minus six, and then they get San Diego State and Washington State, so they certainly could be 4-0. They have a bye you mentioned before that game against USC October 9th, which certainly could decide the division. I really like Utah this year. Um Kyle Whittingham, as you mentioned, 17th season as a head coach. Wow, it's crazy. Um, 
you know, their, their home field advantage to me is, is crazy, especially when they play at a conference there, just because of the, the altitude always difficult. Um, and it, sorry, and it's going to be more this year because they renovated their entire their entire stadium, and they have even more people there now. Yeah, so wild. it's going to be huge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know they returned ten starters on offense, and even though their quarterback's gone from last year, they bring in Charlie Brewer from mm-hmm. Baylor. Now this guy is a gritty quarterback. I really like him. Their offensive line, Utah, back with an extra year, one of the best offensive lines in the nation. Um, I have them ranked at six. Uh, they're actually second in the Pac-12 behind Washington. Um, but, you know, it's going to be, you know, they're, they're, the, the drop is, is minimal. I mean, you could exchange these guys. These guys. This offensive line is going to be great. Brewer's going to have time back there. And their defense will continue to get better. That's their strength. It's year after year. Um, the Utah defense always builds a, a top, you know, 10 defense, 15 defense in the nation. All three units I have, defensive line, linebackers, defensive backs, in my top 15, top 20 in the nation. Um, And they should improve off of that 26 points per game that they gave up last year. My guess is even going to be under 24 points per game this year. So um, as far as schedule, you know, I think they should be favored in 10, if not all uh, 11 out of the 12 games. The one game that, you know, they won't be favored in. It's going to be at USC, barring any injury. October 9th, we, you know, we keep uh, kind of beating up that game, but that's going to be pretty much the game for the division. And then November 20th, they do host Oregon. So um, depending on how they are at that point in the year, you know, could they be a slight dog at home? Possibly. Um, but, you know, I see that as almost like a pick em type game. Yep. Um, so, yeah, again, uh, you know, they, they should start off 4-0. Again, they're at BYU, uh, you know, always a tough, you know, in, in-state rivalry. They're, I think, only about 30 or 40 minutes away from BYU, from Provo. So um, they should start off 4-0, though, going into that USC game. That's going to be huge. Then they get Arizona State at Oregon State, UCLA, who they have at home. Um, big question mark game at Stanford, you know, just Stanford's always just tough and gritty. And, you know, I think we'll see a lot of power from them. I, I, I can't imagine that Stanford Utah game being such a high scoring game. Um, but then they finish the season at Arizona, Oregon, and then Colorado on a Friday night at home. So, um, I, I like kind of the way that the schedule works itself out here. It is a top 40 schedule, toughest schedule in the, in the country, um, at 37, but, um, you know, I, I think that they can navigate it again. Big circle, October 9th, off a bye at USC, coming off a loss from last year. They did turn over the ball five times last year in that game. So um, I expect them to uh, come out uh, strong in that game, and, and I expect it to be a dogfight. So um, could Utah upset USC? Absolutely. Um, could they run the table? Absolutely. Am I saying to take a 300 to 1 number? absolutely i mean just just at that number i mean 100 to 1 maybe yeah. but if you can get a 300 to 1 ticket on utah on it, right? yeah. yeah exactly yeah. It, it's it's worth it because if they do run the table if they do go undefeated they play usc on the road at, off a of bye okay i think that they could win that if they do win that the next tough game is oregon you get it at home um again you know at that point you're at 10 and 0 with two games left you could start hedging off a 300 uh, to one ticket. They would be in the conversation, um, you know, as far as being in, in, you know, being there 
you know, Utah probably doesn't have, you know, if it's Utah or a one loss, Georgia or Alabama, you're probably, you know, on the outside looking in, but you never know. You just never know, especially if you run the table. So I, I do like Utah this year. Um, you know, you mentioned that eight, win total, eight and a half. Um, you know, that's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah, that number um, certainly gives them a little bit of wiggle room there to have some some losses potentially against the USC, against an Oregon. Maybe, you know, another random game here or there. They go 9-3, and three, you catch that over. Um, you mentioned Charlie Brewer. He came in, obviously, from Baylor, as you said. He, he came in, literally, physically, to Utah a lot sooner than most transfers. So he, he, he basically won the starting job in the spring game. He played incredible. And I will say, from an O-line perspective, Utah is the number one O-line and the number one defensive line. <clears throat> headed into the Pac-12 this year. They had a lot of cluster injuries on the O-line last year. They lost their starting center week one, and they still put up 30 points a game offensively. And that was with a much lesser quarterback and, a, and kind of shuffling all those parts around on the offensive line. So as of now, knock on wood for them, of course, everyone's healthy. Uh, you bring in a guy like Brewer. Can he replicate what he did two years ago at Baylor? We shall see. Uh, Utah, they've won nine or more games in five of the last seasons. So Certainly when you see an eight and a half, when you see sort of things looking up, as I mentioned, the whole home stadium renovation thing, that certainly helps. I don't think that's getting talked about a lot. It's going to be even a much bigger home field advantage here. I give it around minus five points or so whenever Utah has a home game, just add it on because of home field. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. The schedule breaks, I'll say, manageable for them. Um at USC October 9th. We shall see. So that is Utah. But, yeah, I agree, Wags. 300 to 1. They basically have to win like two or three of those, you know, games where they're dogs, kind of coin flippy games. And then once you get into the Pac-12 championship game, if you want a 300 to one, you can start hedging. Absolutely. So. I mean, and, and you, you know, not to beat a dead horse here, Charlie Brewer. I mean, this guy has 39 starts in college. Yeah. So, I mean, this guy is just going to come step in, um, just have, have a different uniform and, and, and a better offensive line. So. All right, next team up, the Washington Huskies, the team that a lot of people are picking to win the Pac-12 North. It's basically, I think you would agree, Washington, Oregon, most likely going to come out of that division this year. Season win total, eight and a half, minus 110 flat both sides. Conference odds, plus 350. North division odds, plus 130 right behind Oregon there. National championship, 80 to 1 on the Washington Huskies. Uh, look, this team won the North last year, they won the division, but right before the title game, they had COVID issues and they couldn't play. So Oregon wound up playing in the title game, knocking off USC. So Oregon is the defending Pac-12 champs without even winning the division. So that happened. Uh, they have 18 returning starters. Um, as far as the schedule, the schedule's a joke. The schedule is very, very easy. I mean, they avoid USC, first of all, and they're... Um, Second hardest road game, in my opinion, is at Stanford. They play at Michigan out of conference, but if, if you're just talking about you know conference odds to win the conference, et cetera, that game doesn't matter. So their their second most difficult road game is at Stanford. Stanford's season win total this year is four. So certainly the schedule breaks for them. They return 10 starters on offense. Um, I'll talk about the quarterback situation in a bit between uh, – um, Dylan Morris and five-star legacy recruit Sam Heward. So that's a thing. But, yeah, Wags, I mean, from my perspective, they start off, as I mentioned, at Michigan. But the, the other three games, home against Montana, home against Arkansas State, home against Cal, and then they go at Oregon State, and then they have a bye. 
So I, mean, I don't. They could certainly knock off Michigan. This is a team that could be four and one or, or, or five and zero oh to start off the year here before their bye against that against uh, UCLA on October sixteenth. Yeah, look, I I love that they returned ten of eleven on offense. I mean, the quarterbacks are slightly experienced, you know, but are they good enough? Um, the good news is, uh, and you know, they have a really they have one of the best offensive lines in the nation. And I mentioned that earlier. That I, th- I have them rated at the, as the third best offensive line. Um, in my opinion, it looks like Dylan Morris is going to be the guy. Um, he he is slightly, you know, I guess vertically challenged he, he's listed as six feet you know i think he, which means he's, he's not six feet exactly um but you know he, he's not the prototypical height for a quarterback but that said he did come in last year he did complete you know over 60 percent of his passes um you know he, he's going to get better uh, i think that experience helped them for this year um but again having a top offensive line giving him time um, I think their skill groups are good enough to make big plays, and, and um, I think Washington's really going to grind it out with the run. Um, and, and then as far as defense, they bring back eight on defense. The defense already solid. Um, they get a Texas A&M transfer on the defensive line. They get another transfer at linebacker from Oklahoma. Um, so, you know, for a less experience, only bringing back eight out of 11, right? Less experience. It's pretty experienced unit. They do get a couple of transfers. Um, but you know, I think their best unit is their secondary, which is going to be really important in a pass heavy conference. Um, you know, specifically if they, you know, getting someone like Oregon, um, you know, in the North, but more specifically, if they get past Oregon playing someone like USC, um, if that is the matchup, um, you know, they do avoid them in the, in the regular season. Um, but if that is the Pac-12 championship, uh, they do have a very, very solid defensive uh, secondary. So, um, you know, at a conference, you mentioned they have to go to Michigan, but they get Montana and Arkansas State at home. Um, they all they, they as I mentioned, they avoid USC. They also avoid Utah from the south, yep. which is obviously very nice. So, you know, from a strength of schedule perspective, that drops them down a little bit. I think, they're, you know, they're a 60th or 58th, 58th, or which is 50th, extremely low for a power five. Right. Exactly. So, um, you know, the, the big game is going to be. Um, November 6th against Oregon. November 6th. Yep. They got a home game at Plus against Oregon. I think they absolutely can beat Michigan on the road. I, what would you say? It was Pickham some, somewhere around there? I haven't seen a look at for that number yet. Okay. Um, yeah. So Montana, Michigan. Let's say they get through Michigan on the road. Obviously, they have to go to the big house. That's going to be a big game um, early in the season. But, you know, let's say they do come out with a win. Then they get Arkansas State, Cal, Oregon State. Okay. So that's Four and one. Fun. At worst, if they get past Michigan, that's five and one, five and zero, five and zero, right? Five and zero. Then they have a bye before UCLA at home. That's six and zero at Arizona, seven and zero at Stanford, who's coming off a bye. That's going to be a tough game because it's right before that Oregon game. Mm -hmm. So, um, but again, you can be six and zero, seven and zero after the Arizona game, um, back to back on the road at Arizona Friday night. You get an extra day for Stanford, but will they be looking ahead? to the November 6th matchup at home against Oregon. If Jimmy Lake, second-year head coach, can get this team focused, right, and and concentrate on that Stanford game on the road before Oregon one game at a time, they could be 8-0 going into Oregon for 
the North. And that's going to be it because after that, it's Arizona State at home at Colorado and Washington State at home. I think this team, um, you know, theoretically could potentially run the table. Um, but, you know, th- those those two games in there at Stanford and then Oregon back to back going to be very difficult test for this Washington team under a young head coach, Jimmy Lake. Yeah, those national championship odds I mentioned are 80 to one. I mean, there's maybe like 100 to ones out there at best, something like that. They've taken a dive as well, because to your point, once people really started to dive into the schedule, a break here or there, a coin flip game here or there goes their way. They run the table. They go 12-0. and They make the playoff like they did a few years ago. And, again, not to say that if you're taking 100-1, to you think they're going to win the national championship necessarily. It's more about having a, a ticket in pocket, getting a number, where you can hedge and start to make money off that ticket down the road. So Definitely. And I think Washington, if Washington had a quarterback, a more experienced quarterback, mm-hmm. this team, you would hear a lot more buzz around this oh, team. Yeah. I think they're very well built um, on defense, on the offensive line, their skill positions, their running game. Um, but if they had a, a legit quarterback here, um, you know, and who knows? I mean, who knows if Dylan Morris steps up to the plate or like you said, um, Heward. So Sam Heward's their uh, second best prospect in the nation at quarterback yeah five star yep yeah he is obviously a legacy there they brought him in it looks like all reports are that they're starting the year off with morris i mean this is a guy last year four touchdowns three picks 60 percent completion percentage so not not great but in spring game and in summer he has run the job apparently now if they start to struggle will they go to here now if they start to struggle and you have an over if you have a future on them that's not good anyway so um we'll see but this is the first full kind of offseason that Morris has had with his OC, John Donovan, who came in in 2020. So, you know, he played pretty well last year. I just mentioned his numbers. That was without a, a, a complete spring practice, you know, summer, normal only type four workouts games with him. Only four and games. only four games. And they did pretty darn well. So with a full offseason, you would expect those numbers to improve. So, yeah, a lot, uh, quite a bit to like about Washington. For me, it's most notably – is the schedule it's it's just it's just breaks very very well for them so that is washington iowa wags last team we're gonna dive into here the ucla bruins the chip kelly led ucla bruins out of the pac-12 south um i don't know how, how you feel i mean you know we talked about usc we talked about utah certainly the cream of the crop in this division arizona state i have on paper power ranked ahead of ucla but there's just so many question marks with what's going to happen with Arizona State. So as far as futures or anything like that, I'm not touching them. I don't know what kind of sanctions are going to come down. I don't know if Antonio Pierce to D.C. is still going to be there, if these kids are going to be able to play or not. So I'm kind of just pushing Arizona State to the side as far as any win totals or futures. And the next team up in the south, for me at least, is UCLA. Season win total is 7, minus 110 flat on both sides. Conference odds 12 to 1. South Division odds six to one, national championship one hundred to one. Look, there's a lot of hype around this team in Chip Kelly's fourth season. They have improved every single year since he's been there. Uh, they gone from let's see three wins to four wins last year. They were three and four in a shortened season, so that is improvement as well. The question for me is, you know, look, they have twenty returning starters. That's great. We're going to find out a ton about them against that September fourth game against LSU. How much do we trust Dorian Thompson-Robinson, DTR at quarterback? Can he perform? Can he continue to improve? And, again, we're going to find out a hell of a lot about him and this team. September 4th, LSU Wags. They are currently home dogs in that game, plus four 
to Coach O and LSU. Your thoughts on UCLA here, Wags? Yeah, sorry about that, someone walking in. Uh, but, yeah, fourth year under uh, Chip Kelly. Uh, so no, no real excuses from him this year. Uh, they returned 20 starters, as you mentioned. Um, you know, he, Chip Kelly really hasn't done much, huh, since his days at Oregon. He's uh, 10 and 21, my friend, straight up at UCLA. First year, three and nine. <laughs> Second year, four and eight. Third year, three and four. But they are improving. Yeah. They're going up, you would think, right? Yeah. No, I mean, you would you would think so. Um, you know, the offense should be able to improve off of the 35-point-per-game number, which is already high. Um, I think they have the experience at quarterback with Dorian Thompson-Robinson. He'll be in the backfield. Lots of experience with their running back, Britton Brown. Um it doesn't stop there, right? So they have a great set of receivers. Uh, all groups on offense will be better than Chip Kelly's ever had. So this team really, uh, the ceiling, there, there's really no, not much of a ceiling there uh, for UCLA when it comes to offense. The big issue with UCLA, though, is their defense. Giving up 31 points a game last year, I don't expect it to be much more improved, um, unfortunately, even with 10 starters back on defense. Um, and that's due not to the players, but or the coaches, it's to the difficulty in schedule. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think they, they have a very tough schedule this 13th year. 13th most difficult in the whole country. Right. So, um, you know, you, you, you look, <laughs> it's kind of unfortunate for them, unfortunate for Chip Kelly there. Um, yeah. But I think that, you know, it's a team that, you know, could be good just because their offense is so powerful and so potent. Um, so, you know, they start off at home against Hawaii. They got to play LSU. Then they get a bye in Fresno State. Now Fresno State is is not going to be good this year. So don't you know Fresno of, of the past? You kind of think, oh, that's a tough game, easy game actually. But they got to go to Stanford, Arizona State, at Wash at Arizona before at Washington, and then Oregon. Right. So you got really four um, tough games in a five game span. They should win at Arizona. But that said. It's the middle of the pack of a five-game, very difficult schedule. Oh, actually six at and Utah. Look, and, yeah, look at the three games after Arizona. At yeah. Washington, Oregon, Utah. I mean, arguably the three best teams in, in the in the yeah. entire conference. So that at Arizona game with Arizona off a of bye, I believe, that's when you want to circle as far as just situational spot letdown, you know, alarm bells going off. Maybe take a look at Arizona plus the points there. Yep, absolutely. So uh, I think um, that's going to be a very – very brutal stretch for UCLA and um, you know if they put up more points as Madden would say you put up more points than the other team you're going to win the game so that is what uh, Madden said exactly yeah. yeah I mean look this team last year they had four close losses but they still got to three and four uh, they had four losses by a combined 15 points so if they win those games and, and I, I know it's a lot of ifs here but when you have four losses by combined 15 points, to me, those are coin flip games. They could have won all four of those. And you're talking a team that's 7-0. and You're talking a team that wins the South. You're talking a team that could have won the Pac-12 Conference. And then it's a whole other narrative on, you know, Chip Kelly on the hot seat, blah, 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 headed into this year. That said, season one total seven, so they have to get to eight. Now, they haven't had more than four wins since he's been there. So they have to, to double that number and get to eight for you to win this. And we mentioned that really difficult stretch, October 16th at Washington the next week, home against Oregon, which for some reason they made their homecoming game, and then October 30th at Utah. So if they lose those three games, you're probably not going to cash that over seven. Maybe you're looking at a push at best. So uh, I like 
what they've done as far as personnel. I like what I saw last year out of this team. I don't like the schedule this year, and that's why I cannot make a play on over seven wins, certainly with his schedule. If it was a mediocre schedule, kind of like maybe Washington had, I, I probably would take a look at over seven here. But, man, their out-of-conference game is LSU Wags. I mean, they're, they're yeah. plus four dogs in that game, and that's the second game of the year. So Amazing that they're only yeah. plus four. I mean, even at some might home. say, some might say, but I guess so. You know what? LSU tough, tough uh, year last year. So they were down last year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah, no, I mean, look, I think UCLA is going to give teams problems. Um, but you know, I think when they play the Washington's, the Oregon's, the Utah's, the USC's of the world, two of, uh, three of those four on the road, um, you know, it's, it's tough to back this team. There are, of course, other teams in the conference, which we did not do a deep dive on. Stanford, Washington State, Cal, Oregon State, Arizona State, which I mentioned, and that there's a, a reason for that. Colorado and Arizona, a couple of those teams I do have season win totals on. I do like they are going to be making my college football futures card, so be on the lookout for that. Um, yeah, as we mentioned off the top, Wags, for me, there are four teams, and then there are eight other teams, right? Yep. Washington, Oregon, USC, Utah. If the Pac-12 wants to get a team in the playoff this year, one of those four teams has to run the table. I, I honestly don't think 11-1 and one is going to do it because I think there's going to be some undefeated teams in the other Power Fives, at least 11-1s. And, and if you have an 11-1 Pac-12 versus an 11-1, and one, say, Alabama, Georgia, Stan, uh, you know, Clemson, Ohio State, they're always going to take those teams ahead of the Pac-12 team. So... They really have to kind of go that extra mile, go 12-0. and 0. Can they do it? Yes. Will they likely do it? No. As we mentioned, the highest win total on the board for the Pac-12 team is Oregon, which is at nine, which nine, is very, very right. low. Yep. Right. Single digits for the, for the best. Um, yeah, you mentioned, I mean, just a couple of those. Colorado has a top 10 tough schedule in the nation. Stanford, top 10 toughest schedule in the nation. Um, I think Washington State, even though they went one and three last year, will be a little bit better. Um, they beat Oregon State, but their last three games were against Oregon at USC at Utah. Um, and both, you know, all three of those games were, you know, between 14 and 17 point losses. Now, not great, but very good teams that they lost to. And they're going to return 18 starters. Now, you know, Cal, Arizona, Oregon State, I don't expect too much from them. Um, but, yeah, that, that's that's all I got for the Pac-12 here. Guys, that is the Pac-12. That wraps up the college football previews that we've been doing. Over the past few weeks, we've enjoyed doing them. We've been getting great feedback on them as well. So we certainly appreciate that. Check out the website. The packages are up, guys. College football is here. NFL is here. You can get just the colleges. You can get just the college package, just the NFL package. You can combo whatever you want. And of course, the futures package is free. It's free with all full season free. college. Full, free, free, free with all full season or college. Sorry, with all full season college or NFL packages, you get the. Uh, futures package for free so definitely take a look at that if you want it separately you can get that as well anything else here wags before we close up shop on the college football previews 2021 version anything else that's all i got looking forward to the college season this year um that's a wrap on the college big five so um yeah i can't wait i can't wait oh let's get a look let's let's kill it this year um you know make sure you sign up for the package to get the free future please absolutely guys all right we are continuing of course with the nfl team previews let's be on the lookout for those and of course if you want to listen to any of the other 
Power Five conferences there in the history for the pod. They are out there as well. So, all right, guys, that is that. I am ACL. He is Wags. That is the Pac-12, and we will talk to you guys soon.